drop? Well, it's there now. Okay. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot, I've got a lot going on, okay? Hey, I feel you, darling. <laughs> the studio's a wreck. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been going? to the past. Did you say, oh, We've been to the future. We've been all around the <laughs> Is that loud enough? Loud enough? You know, Ted. What's that Tom Hanks movie? The best place to Incredibly be. loud and... No, wait. Is that Tom Hanks? Wait. What one am I thinking of? What's the 9-11 one? Best time one? to be. Do you know the 9-11 Tom Hanks movie? <laughs> yeah, but I don't incredibly know Incredibly loud and incredibly close or something like oh, that. Oh, God. Is this such a... Is this this that smells so bad? No, as we can say. No, it doesn't smell bad. It's, it's a candle. It's Let's a... Should we move upstairs? <laughs> no, we're not moving now. The damn thing started. All right. Well, <laughs> everybody, once again, to we do Keanu. We have to do it with us. <laughs> You're going to have to turn that down. Okay, God, that was yeah. going to drive me crazy. I've, I've got something, <laughs> something to say. Okay. Uh-oh. I'm in the wrong place. I thought this was talking about walking. <laughs> Christopher Walken the podcast. Christopher Walken. I came with talking. <laughs> I came with notes about uh, communion. <laughs> oh so Jesus! I'm, I'm fucked. Well, that's unfortunate because because <laughs> we are not doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've only ever seen one Christopher Walken movie, and that is Joe Dirt. <laughs> You're a liar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I extra appreciated that that took you so like just a the perfect amount of extra beat yeah to, to understand uh well if you don't know then what are you doing but this is uh this podcast is a celebration of keanu reeves filmography uh, i am one of hosts of this show brett battostain I am um, another of host of this this same show as Brett, but my name is not Brett. My name is Dylan Haas. Honestly, our best one yet. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, how, what would you give that? Uh, 9.5 wow. out of 10. Yeah, 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 great. Yeah, we, great. We can go. <laughs> great. Um, last week, um, oh, actually, really quick, I do have something I wanted to bring up before we got into anything else. But who am I? Well, we're not, we'll we're not there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm Dylan Hattestan. We'll get there. I just there is a, a little bit of housekeeping I wanted to, to mention. A lot, dude. This room stinks. <laughs> <laughs> Our studio flooded the last week, uh, which is very fun. <laughs> to put it in, <laughs> to put it frankly, yeah. To put it it's frankly, the best time ever. Yeah. So it stinks like shit in here. It stinks <sighs> like a jock strap yeah. covered in more jock strap. Jock strap sweat covered in a sweaty jock strap. Yeah. Uh, so it's not very pleasant in here, but we will persevere because yeah. we are true believers. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> Keanu's dancers. <laughs> really quick, before we, we dive in any further, I just wanted to give a uh, shout out to a listener Uh-oh. who reached out to us and <laughs> said, uh, let me see, uh, you guys suck dick. <laughs> no, actually the opposite. They said that they, when uh, around the time COVID kind of kicked into high gear here, yeah. mm-hmm. they started a Keanu Reeves filmography blog. Oh, ooh! And said that they, uh, his name is Jordan Wigdor, and he <coughs> Wiganator, <laughs> Wiganator. He said that there's a bunch of uh, other Keanu Reeves filmography podcasts, but he said that mm. of all of them. <laughs> He likes ours the best. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
because he said that we actually seem like true fans. We seem like fans Hell of Keanu. Yeah. Who else would do this? <laughs> Psychopaths. <laughs> who but, are the, who oh are the posers? God. <laughs> Making other podcasts and they don't really like Keanu Reeves. Oh, so I know. They're, they're foolish. Um, <laughs> but uh, Jordan has a, a blog, like I said, called uh, Copy and Cigarettes. Uh, copy so you, or coffee? Copy, copy and, cigarettes, and cigarettes, yes. Uh, .blogspot.com. So check it out. And I looked at some of it, and he seems to fall right in line with us on most All of them. Well, yeah, because yeah. we're pretty rational human yeah. beings. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie. I am the Wiganator. <laughs> <laughs> well, let that out of the way. Uh, last week, uh, we talked about Constantine. Oh, was that? Yeah, that was, that last, was last week. week. Okay, okay. Um, with a wonderful guest, Emma Yost. It was a lot of fun. This week... We are talking about a scanner darkly, and to do that, with we have brought it with the other Yost. <laughs> You've tried the best, now try the rest. I'm here. Uh, I think I will. <laughs> um, I when Emma was here. You didn't introduce Oh, him. Ryan Yost. <laughs> oh, that's who I am. I figured when he said the rest, yeah. that was implied. <laughs> <laughs> I thought everybody was going to just be like, oh, that's oh, that yeah. Ryan Yost. Oh, that's Ryan. Okay, of course. <laughs> it's that schlub. Uh, Ryan is my friend from way back, and uh, Emma had reached out because she specifically wanted to be on Constantine, and I said, would Ryan ever want to come on the show? Because and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he knows a, a bit about movies from time to time. Uh <laughs> And I bet he would he would be entertaining. And then she said, I bet he would come on for Scanner Darkly. And I was yeah. like, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's ask him. And you said, okay. <laughs> I reluctantly what a riveting tale. I know. <laughs> Just to give some backstory, you know. I like so, to paint a picture. But okay, so uh, did you did you want to come on this episode? Like oh, specifically? Yeah. So yeah. You, you have a history with this film? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I had never even... Have I you never seen this before? I'd never seen it. I'd never heard of it. But then when I start, when we were talking about it, when I saw it, I, I remember it being on cable. Mm -hmm. Must have been right around when it came out, or soon after it came out, and yeah. just kind of dismissing it as like I don't, I don't understand this. I didn't try to watch it. I just saw like a minute or two just in the middle somewhere, and I was like, mm, nah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was as much. But I didn't know the name of it. Yeah. So you know, it was two independent things. And then when we discussed last week what the movie was, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, gotcha. That's my history, and I'm not that excited about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but your opinion changed. It Am did, actually. Oh, yeah, it very much did. Um, <laughs> well, and then when he said it was a Philip K. Dick yeah. novel, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. So I just totally didn't understand what I was looking at for there, four minutes back in 2007. I mean, there's a lot of pieces to the movie that would make it, like, <clears throat> at least interesting to somebody who's, like, into movies, you know? For yeah. sure. But before we get to that... Uh -huh. uh, Ryan, we like to ask our oh, first-time sure. guests the desk every every time. Someone comes uh, what's like? Uh, what do you think of Keanu? What's like your background? Do you love him? I have been a just a real big defender of him throughout really? time. Yeah, a defender. So yes. like, but a fan, yes. a fan and defender. Okay, yeah. okay, wow. Because I mean, everyone loves him now, right? Yeah, it's unanimous. Seems like it. Yeah, yeah it seems there's like, like seven podcasts about him, so everyone <laughs> and loves apparently him this now. One's, this one's apparently the but best. But back in the day, yeah. people used to shit on him all the time. Oh, I know. And I was like, I like Keanu Reeves. Me too. And he's not always cast in the right movies, but he's good. <laughs> um, yeah, that can be said I, for anybody, right? I like it. I guess I like him because, like, every couple of years, he comes. There's a Keanu Reeves movie that, like, I don't know. 
it becomes like a part of my life. <laughs> sure, I get it. So it's just a fond memory, you know. Look at what every podcast you're on. Like you don't have to be embarrassed about it. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. But uh, like, I think the first one is probably Speed because mm-hmm. that's like the only action movie that my mom seems to really like, and she'd like watch it with us. And oh, okay. I thought that was really cool. And then um, the Matrix, when the Matrix came out, that like blew my head open. Sure. Yeah, and so that was really memorable. And then, I don't know, I've liked the John Wick movies. Sure. And A Scanner Darkly was pretty huge, too. Cause. And if I remember right, you're pretty, like, into dick as well. <laughs> what? I oh, love God. dick. Oh we God. have to do that 30 times on this podcast. <laughs> I hope you guys know that. <laughs> but I'm I, all about that dick, yeah. let me tell you. Uh, oh, <laughs> Because I remember... Are we talking PK Dick? We're talking PK, PK Dick. PK Dick. Okay, yeah. PK Dick. Got it. I remember you and I lived together for a period. Yeah. Uh, and that was, I was kind of just getting into Philip K. Dick, mm. and you hit me with some recommendations. Oh, yeah. Uh, that I, fo- I actually did follow up on. One of them <laughs> I finished like two days ago, and that is, is A Scanner Darkly. Okay. <laughs> okay. So had you read the book before seeing the movie? N- no, that one I had not. I had not read the book. Okay. Um, I watched the movie and I, I loved it. I read the book, um, but I had read stuff from him before then. Um, and yeah, he's, he's the best. Uh, yeah, Philip K. Dick is pretty cool. I've read um, like A Scanner Darkly now. You, I've re- uh, have you read Vallis? Uh, you told me to read that actually, yeah. and I did, and I it's, loved it. It's yeah, it's my favorite. Really? It's great. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Love it. And then like, uh, do androids dream of electric sheep? Yep. Like that one. And then there's a few others like on the you know on the to do list. Sure, I've read mm-hmm. I re- I've read that. I've read the uh, man in the high tower. Okay, in the high castle. The high castle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever it was that they turned into the TV show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and one that was, I don't have any idea what it was called, but it was not science fiction. Yeah, so he's done uh, Confes- Confessions of a Crap Artist, which wasn't, I don't think that was science fiction. And then yeah. another one that I didn't finish, I checked it out from the Boise Library like in like probably 20 years ago, and I never returned it. <laughs> <laughs> so and and you never read it? <laughs> no, I, I I started reading it, and that's kind of when I realized, hey, you know. Also stole this from the library nice <laughs> like <work>. 10 years <laughs> ago. <laughs> I was like, man, I, I kind of do like his science fiction. St- like, I do like the yeah. science fiction stuff. His his stuff is, I find it depressing, to be it frank. Is, yeah, yeah. Like, and this one is not an exception. It no. It's very <laughs> depressing. Like, he doesn't seem to have a very positive outlook on humans, on uh-huh. what humanity is going to do to themselves yeah. and to the world. And he's right about all of it. it feels, <laughs> yeah, that's part of what feels very depressing. And this movie, I'm assuming the book is in line with the movie i imagine there's some stuff that link later it's almost it's almost the exact same thing there's really? like, yeah big there. differences there's like uh kind of insignificant characters that he just yeah puts into he makes everything they do like uh like uh charles freck right yeah yeah, yeah. he's like three guys or something yeah okay. they condense okay. it won't like that's but like even the, big the like one. even the jibber jabbering that feels more like hunter s thompson-esque like uh, the dialogue stuff yeah straight mm-hmm. a lot of it's just dialogue from the book oh i would have i oh, that's interesting I, I just assumed that was link letter like trying to like incorporate it oh, into his style because sure. he's kind of into just jibber jabber yeah so interesting. I, I did so i have the dvd of this movie okay and i watched a bunch of the behind the scenes stuff so yeah. i actually have like some info on this stuff and then i kind of went on like a deep dive of just like researching it huh. me too and oh nice yeah, right yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently link later was gonna do uh ubic is that how you say yeah. it yeah 
that's one of philip k dick's like other big big novels uh but he was gonna he was in talks to adapt that and then he decided to do a scanner darkly instead because it was it's his favorite philip k dick novel so i think it just like spoke to him in the way that like the characters probably like interacted and talked to each other okay um yeah that makes sense i mean if it wasn't him putting it in there, then that would make sense that it a to- that he felt connected to it because it yeah. seems it seems link later. Sure, it feels Ish. like because I was looking back at some of his earlier stuff like Slacker, uh-huh. and I was like, that exactly, reminds me of a Scanner Darkly, like the way they're talking and like, yeah, for you sure, know, it's like some random guy will come up and just start talking to you about conspiracy theories. Or something. <laughs> that's like, absolutely yeah, that's, that's it, Philip K. Dick. Exactly, that's, yeah, exactly sure. that. That's why I just assumed that he took the framework of the story and that just kind of. Link later, dude. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, honestly too like it's even I. So I'm a big Richard Linklater fan. Uh, I like. I haven't seen all of his movies, but I've seen a lot of them. Mm. And uh, like it even like even before this was uh, you know before uh, before Sunrise, and even that has like is like infamous for its dialogue, right? Well, that's all it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <not> infamous. <laughs> it's just dialogue. <laughs> yeah, that's and the sunrise. <laughs> It's a big part of it. <laughs> well, but before sunrise, you're you're talking before sunset for this movie, right? Like well, before I'm ta- sunrise. I'm was talking 94. about both of them. I'm just talking about yeah. like even that dial the dialogue in that movie right. is very like like uh, fits right into this movie, of course, as yeah. well. You know, yeah. even though it's not like the hyper paranoid schizo uh, drug talk, it's still like in the same. I, you know, I I actually wound up watching it. Well, not all the way through twice. I watched it all the way. And then I went back to watch just the scenes with Keanu, just the parts with Keanu and like kind of omitted the, the drug talks that <laughs> didn't happen. But just to get a better idea of how to do this podcast, because I did enjoy the movie. But then after I was like, how do I really reference this as a Keanu movie? Because the rotoscope thing kind of sh- throws you. And at mm-hmm. least it threw me. I don't know. Like, what what are your guys' thoughts on the rotoscope thing? Like, what, I, what, where I does that it. come from? I, I, I like it too. It's, it's a, I mean... Going into it, it's a bold stylistic choice. It is. Um, I feel like it's because the movie was not a success, right? Like I, no, I, I it, don't know why, but I mean, you've got you can bring that up. It's, I happen to look at the like numbers. A million dollars. Yeah, right? I happened to look at it just for, oh, okay. to find some other information about it and saw that it had like very bad, very bad uh, box <clears throat> office, box office, mm. and pretty mediocre like critical it, reception. I'm too. surprised at the weird. mediocre critical response. I can I can see the box office because I was trying to picture being in 2007 going to the movie theater with you know it's got arguably Ken is the biggest star in the movie at that time For right sure. like Woody Harrelson and, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. are names but they're not like Robert two Downey years Jr. before Iron Man right yeah. you know two years later Robert Downey Jr. would be writing everything for himself but Mm-hmm. I mean, Keanu was the star, right? Like For he'd sure. just done the Matrix movies, and which, and, and I mean, the Constantine. He's rolling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hold, hold on, company. hold on, hold on. Oh yeah, I heard you have some thoughts about in it. In a lot of these podcasts, you you go back and you talk about the the movie you did before. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And let's talk about Constantine. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, uh-huh. we did br- uh, brush over that a little bit. <laughs> Constantine is so weird because it's. I I honestly think it's a good movie, but mm. I don't know how the fuck it was made. Like uh, who. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> who were they shooting for as far as a like yeah. a viewer? Dylan, Dylan brought that up a yeah. lot. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because because uh, Emma had brought your criticism in that it's like it's not following the comic book. Yeah, they so, took out all that stuff. So who's like if people come and to see it as comic fans, they're gonna be like, this isn't what we came for. The crazy thing is, even if they made it 
um, they made it like a carbon copy of Hellblazer, right? That was a niche part of comic book readers. Yeah. So it's like you're shooting for a minority of a minority, but yeah. now you're changing the character so much that those people kind <laughs> might not be interested. They might fall off. So you're making this movie for no one. <laughs> well, <laughs> no but, one's interested. but a couple of years later, Iron Man becomes the biggest comic book movie. Yeah. And yeah. Iron Man was also not the guy, right? Spider-Man's the guy. Well, Fucking the X-Men are the still, guys. People know, I mean, no one knows yeah, he's, who You're right, Hellblazer, you're, you're, you're right, right. That's, I mean, Vertigo comics in and of themselves are, are below anything in, you know, even the new mutants are more famous than <laughs> yeah. everything in the Vertigo. But... Wait, you don't think Animal Man super popular? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, I guess you're right. I mean, I'm, it was still a pretty bold thing to be choosing Iron Man to be the center of this burgeoning But at least that's empire. Marvel. People might yeah, have right, like a, right. a... Well, but Vertigo was DC, right? Like the, yeah. But that's a, like an imprint of DC. It's mm. not even like really part of like the DC. At the time, I don't think it was like... But hadn't they also... That was also where V came from, right? V from Vend- V for Vendetta was also a Vertigo comic, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure. they'd had a little bit of success taking that stuff and was turning it into V something. for Vendetta before Constantine? Yes, it was, it was. 2000 or... No, it was 2006. The movie? No, so maybe it was after. Yeah, yeah you know, Constantine right, it was 2005. After. Yeah, no, I think I, I'm mistaking because I remember where I saw it, but mm. I, I had returned to a space that I lived in before, so. Yeah, but that had like the the cachet of like the Wachowskis attached to it. Because like all, if you remember the marketing for V for Vendetta. <laughs> oh shit, we're talking about the Matrix. No, no! <laughs> Arguably the only thing after the Matrix that they didn't fuck up horribly. Well, they, but they were just producers. Okay. Movie wise. Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rocket skates. <laughs> anyway, Better than Star-Lord. Anyway, so. I mean, yeah, anyway. I, your point is taken. Yeah, yeah that, for the, sure. Who are they making that fucking movie for? Yeah. It, well, I just don't know how they could come to like a studio and be like, hey, we want to do this and a studio being totally on board with it and be like, yeah. And I think that, well, what but they Spawn? made it. They did Spawn, right? And Spawn was also not great. Yeah, but, but Todd McFarlane, I mean, not, what, Todd McFarlane, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Todd McFarlane, can, he can sell anything. Oh. He can go into a room and sell you on anything. So the fact that Spawn hasn't had nine movies is surprising to me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, was, I, I was like, this isn't bad enough to not, keep going I, I, it was fine I Constantine thought. no Spawn oh. Constantine was garbage we don't need to see anymore <laughs> shut up <laughs> I, I, I would rather one... see Spawn 3 than Constantine <laughs> wow. 2 wow. straight to DVD yeah. at a gas station sure bin only if John Leguizamo returns <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey, I like John Leguizamo are we, are we shitting on that guy uh, in that movie defended John Leguizamo <laughs> is that going to be our follow up podcast to this is John Leguizamo John Leguizamo <laughs> <laughs> I'm much great do, I want to do a Steve Martin podcast. If we're going to keep going, I want to do a Steve Martin one. I could be that'd be sweet. That. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, a scanner darkly came out in 2006. Richard Linklater directed Six or seven. it. I thought it was seven. Uh, 2006 mm, was okay. is when it, that might have been like. Oh no, I was picturing seeing it on video in 2006. Oh, gotcha. Or on oh, cable. And speaking of like Keanu Reeves being the uh, like the biggest star in the movie, I read that he worked for scale, I like a scale that. day rate. To be able to get the movie made, which sure. I'd heard that sweet. In well, the stuff. movie they only had a seven million dollars is what it's claims to have. And Link cost later said make. he wanted wa- wanted to make it for under ten million so he could do it himself and mm-hmm. do it exactly how he wanted without like interference from a big studio. Right. And very cool. 
I, I happened to look up what the day rate was because I was I was like, I bet if I looked <laughs> that up I, and I could find how many how long they did like principal photography, I could figure out how much Keanu Reeves got paid for this movie. Oh, I see. Actually, Keanu and Winona. And if the numbers are correct, this sounds incredibly low for what it is. But for six weeks of shooting, they both made about seven thousand dollars. Yeah, I can believe that. Wow. And I, I think that's part of what is so great about Keanu. And I, I would guess all of the the stars in this cast actually probably went along with that. Well, Downey ne- Downey Jr. needed the work. Probably he no, probably he was just done. coming off of Tropic Thunder, dude. That movie was a no, success. that was two thousand eight. Was it? Yeah, same oh, year as Iron Man. I'm, I'm all out of it. <laughs> so you're right. He did need the work. Yeah, but he was still just coming back from being genuinely. Fucked up. Fucked right? I remember up, yeah. in like the early 2000s, he was in prison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember watching that and being like, oof. And yeah. my, my wife brought this up last night and I didn't realize it, but she's like, every person in this movie around this time has basically come out of like a pretty hard drug, not Keanu, but uh, yeah. Yeah, like a Woody and, and Winona. And, yeah. They've come out of like this drug phase yeah. that Which like I think impacted that, them. I bet that's part of why he wanted to. I, I don't know. Who knows what the psychology was, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's wasn't part of why he cast the people that he cast maybe yeah and the rotoscope, and why they were drawn like why they wanted to participate in yeah it, you know it well, probably and, spoke to them and back to the rotoscope thing i think that's the the only reason i could think off offhand because the the budget was under 10 million like you said which is what he was targeting for whatever reason mm-hmm. I, I assume it's so that they can do that cool thing with the the fred and hank when mm. they're just a, a mishmash the scramble of, suits the scramble yeah. suits yeah. Because if to do that realistically would have cost a lot of money in special effects, right? But if you do the mm-hmm. whole thing animated, then it's just another piece of animation. And yeah. So that that was my take on like why he wanted to rotoscope it really. Mm-hmm. Because there's no other reason to make this movie this way. Right. Other than that suit. And if they were to do that in real, it would have cost like $40, 50000000 million, it'd be right. my guess. Yeah, like the, some of the hallucinating stuff would be t- difficult to pull off. Like if it was, all, especially like in, 2006 like it could for that well, this is post matrix they can do I know, that you shit. always say that I, well, but, but, well, but we're, we're it's like post matrix world we, we, no, bring, we bring it up like every like it's always set like 15 20 years in the past we can't believe they got away with doing that but you start in the mid 90s and we're saying that about movies in the 80s no, and then you get I, to the 2000s like i can't believe this is just no know. but i mean just go <laughs> at back at some and, point we have good special effects no, that just go kind back of carry and look forward at, into like the mid 2000s and go look at like some special effects movies well, constantine but that one was pretty good we agreed but that's like, what i'm saying is no, that's I mean, the default at that point no because right? like, i mean go back and look watch some like other movies from 2006 and watch some of their special effects cheap those are cheap i mean trying to save like, money. there was that uh that thing remake that came out in like 2011 and that was like heavily cgi'd and it looked like garbage? it looks like straight it looked like I, garbage then i refuse <laughs> i refuse <laughs> to look at that i heard it was bad i wasn't your choices for that movie though well, <laughs> yeah but i think that's also a budget thing where you're trying to like scrimp get the special effects but save on them save on something yeah and and i'm guessing that i mean if that movie if this movie i'm pointing at your book for some reason <laughs> it's, got, it's got the cover of the movie on if it, they so. had if they had spent 50 60 million dollars just for the special effects there and then the rest of it was basically unchanged like link would have been strung up right? like, <laughs> yeah because yeah. it didn't make money right, right? and i don't seven and a half million dollars although i could again arguably Going to the theater and seeing the cartoon part, I can see people just in general being like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to go spend money on that. Yeah, for sure. I do. First of all, do you guys know how the, like, how the rotoscoping technique works? Yes, I do. do no you? idea. Fill, fill us in, Ryan. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's, 
it, this is just uh like it's just drawn over. I mean, they they yeah. shoot it and then they draw over it. Right. Yeah. And uh, is it a, a human that does the drawing though, or is it a is it human? In this, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, they did. There was like a little feature ad on the DVD that was like part like told how they did the animation. Right. Uh, which I for a movie like this, I feel like you have to include that on like the DVD special sure. features. You know. Yeah. yeah. So they filmed it all like as an actual sure. movie. That was you cool. know, and then. Yeah, and then they have digital animators just go through like frame by frame and yeah. color over it, basically. Yeah. Mm. I don't know how I... It's been a while since I... It had been a while since I watched the movie, and I'm not sure... I remember liking it a lot, thinking it was really cool when it first came out. I don't know how I feel about it now. Yeah, I, again, if... To this, me, it makes it feel a little bit dated. It does, because if they were to try and attempt it now, I think they could with the with that same budget be able to get the special effect of the mm-hmm. what's the suit called again why can't the scramble, I suit. the scramble suit without having to do everything animated i think they could have done that effectively today it's like he he should have waited another 10 years to make the movie <laughs> <laughs> but i love it i think it's i think it's sweet and uh i think it it kind of reminds me of like uh just like a philip k dick like book yeah like that- I, I i feel like it helps move along the story and it makes things feel kind of off for sure and uh yeah absolutely and but there, I, there are parts that that look a little weird like uh i think the perspective every now and then gets thrown off a little bit yeah mm-hmm. like the 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 bodies seem to be shifting in space yeah yeah, yeah. i agree sometimes but that actually looks really cool i was gonna say i wonder how much of that wasn't even just intentional mm-hmm. and just like letting that drift a little bit because mm. I'm sure there's a way to correct for that yeah. after the drawing and, and yeah. that seems like a conscious decision to like no I'm going to leave that there how it kind of yeah. shifts around because well, it, it, it fits with the way because we're in the movie through Keanu's perspective basically uh-huh. he, almost he, exclusively right it's almost exclusively through mostly yeah fr- no that's not true because they, they open they have that whole opening sequence on that other guy having the bug out oh Fred episode. yeah no, he's Fred. No, the Freck. Um, oh, Charles Freck. 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 Yeah, mm. Freck. Well, let's let's dip into the movie a little bit. Uh, no, no, I don't want to do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> the the plot is not like it's pretty straightforward. Like it's not that well it, crazy, I, right? It's like I mean, it's an interesting idea. He's basically an inspector who's gonna insp- or a uh, a narc who's got to be narking on, on himself, himself. Right. Like, yeah. That's a cool. Yeah, and he's so he's yeah uh, a drug dealer named Bob Arctor actor. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> uh, he Bob Arctor. He's a drug dealer. Everybody's like f- get fucked up on substance D. Substance D, which is like the new crazy drug, and uh, it's in like California and California, Orange County. Yeah, Orange County. It's like seven years in the future. And <laughs> it's like a year in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Our current future. <laughs> uh, and yeah, everybody, like they say something like 20% of the population is uh, addicted, addicted to substance D. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's fucking huge. And the cops are trying to figure it out. So they are like surveilling everything. And yeah, it's bo- a surveillance state. Yeah. But there's an opening discussion in the, the police department talking about uh, whether or not the new hope the new hope facility which is ironically the actual name of a rehab center here in it's the treasure valley new path and new path yeah. oh okay oh, that's right. Right. i'm just yeah. putting new hope in because i'm <laughs> <laughs> anyway they are the recovery center uh-huh. yeah but they're suspected of being the people who are actually manufacturing the drug because mm. they're the only place in the in the uh, uh surveillance state 
that isn't under surveillance. Right. Because they're such, because so many people are addicted to substance D, they are like a giant conglomerate, basically. Like they're Mm -hmm. like like a a corporate superpower because they get so much business because so many people are fucked up. Right. Yeah. Uh, So they're, yeah, they're the evil corporation at the center of all of it. In Su- suspected, to suspected to be, to be. yeah. In- Spoiler alert: <laughs> <laughs> they are. <laughs> uh, but okay, but when we're introduced to Arctur, he's already a narc, mm-hmm. wearing the scramble suit, working for the police department. But it's unclear to me if he is supposed to have always been the narc, or if he's come to it after having become a addict, an addict. I, I wasn't think, sure. And that's part of why I went to go back and rewatch. I was like, is he supposed to have come into this? I think it's meant to be ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like that all of that's am- intentional. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to have not be clear on what Keanu's background is at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a part where he's remembering having a family in the same house where he's living as a degenerate <laughs> drug right. addict with the, with the two <laughs> crazy drug people. Mm-hmm. But again, on the second viewing, I was like, are we supposed to not be sure if this is a real memory? Well, because then later, Hank, his superior, yeah. says... Yeah, like, he references uh, the two kill- yeah, children. And, yeah, and Hank's like, I don't think that's true. Right. And he's like, maybe not. And so... But at it, that point, he's also not even clear that he... Because there's a whole... Because they have the inner monologue, the, they'll, they'll sink, sink into Keanu's inner monologue. Uh, and there's a point where he's referencing himself in the third person and clearly mm. unaware that he's talking about himself. Yeah, right. Because when he's in the scramble suit, he's lost his ability to tell who he is. Yeah. Right. Which I, that's interesting. I, I, I felt like it didn't hit you over the head enough with that in the movie, which I don't know, maybe that's part of why it didn't bust out. <laughs> get all the critical acclaim that it right. could have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. I, yeah. Watching it twice. I was like, Oh, there's some nuance in here that, is lost somehow. I don't know. I don't know if it's the rotoscope distracting. Like I feel yeah. silly. <laughs> I feel silly I feel. putting yeah. it on there, but I don't know if I'm wrong. Right? Like there's something distracting about the visuals that makes that. Like there's a couple of scenes where they're showing Keanu's mind is going, mm-hmm. and so he's being interviewed by people, and then it switches to two other people in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But because it's a cartoon, it seems less dramatic that he's seeing two different people two different sets of people mm. yeah. in the same room so it, i don't know something about that gets lost yeah yeah i can see that i, I see what i, to, I totally it's see distracting. what you're saying i mean it's it is distracting yeah i mean i will say the one one thing i will say about the rotoscope like even if i do find it a little distracting it is something that uh just as like a person who likes movies uh-huh. it's something that i'm gonna appreciate just like the effort and it's like cool the idea behind it yeah. and like the kind of the ballsiness to do it and uh, I, wonder if I appreciate there was, that a lot. I wonder you know? if he made an attempt or if there was an earlier, is it say this in the DVD extra, like where he tried for maybe to not use it exclusively so that there was intermixing and it just became too distracting to do that. So Linklater had made Waking, Waking Life, Life yeah. which was uh, rotoscoped as well. And it's rotoscoped really roughly. This is actually, it looks, it looks a lot better oh, yeah. than Waking okay. Life. Waking Life, you're like, sometimes you're like, what the fuck's going I was on? Thinking, <laughs> I was thinking of Waking Life. Maybe I never had, had, had heard of this because I, oh. I remember Waking Life and that was the one where I was like, I don't, this is not for me. So maybe I just missed this entirely because yeah. I was thinking of Waking Life this <laughs> whole time. So, 
maybe I had never ever heard of this movie. Even, <laughs> even, even, even the part where I thought that I'd seen it and just dismissed it. That maybe that never even happened. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that could have been a that could have just been Waking Life. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. They're similar. Okay. And let's talk about. So we talked about how Keanu used to be like uh, someone people w- were split about, right? Uh-huh. Mm. The star of this movie, so, someone who everyone's really split about, Alex Jones. I know. <laughs> it was interesting. When, I, that when that he popped up, I thought of you immediately. I was like, that's why I want to do this movie. Why? <laughs> What's the connection with Alex Jones? What? Nothing. I, oh, just, okay. I, for, I actually forgot. I, so I remember him being in Waking Life and then... Um, He's in this, yeah. He's in a Scanner Darkly. I forgot that he's in a Scanner Darkly for a, a brief, you know, minute. And, well, uh, I think because they're both Austin people, right? Like Linklater's from Austin, right? Yeah. And so is Alex Jones. That's where he's. And I, I wonder if they're best friends. I wouldn't I'll, be surprised if they're buddies. No, I think that's Joe awesome. Rogan, Joe Alex Rogan, Jones, yeah. and Richard Linklater exactly. all hanging out together, yeah. <laughs> talking about DMT and, <laughs> and psychic MMA. vampires. Yeah, psychic vampires, <laughs> psychic vampires, <laughs> reptilian people. And Linklater's like, have you guys seen uh, rotoscoping? It's pretty cool. <laughs> it, it does seem like a weird choice because even by, by 2006, he's pretty well established as a lunatic fringe element kind of guy. Yeah, At least but he was I, fun back then. I, okay, maybe that's true. I, I And he was like really anti-authoritarian, like authoritarian, anti... I can see that. I mean, and I think... Back then, it was also easy to dismiss him as kind of a kook and a, a just humorous person, not someone who's potentially dangerous to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, people watching him back then were like, it's funny because who would buy into this bullshit? Yeah, exactly. And now it's like, oh, people are buying into yeah, this bullshit. He's making millions of dollars <laughs> <laughs> on like horse jizz, horse like jizz vitamin. Yeah. <laughs> on vitamin D. He's yeah. selling D. He's doing, he's trying to sell the, uh, whatever. I think I I remember hearing something about like they did like a compare and contrast of all of like Alex Jones's uh, products and Goop's products. Oh yeah, about how they were, like, so, all of them are so similar. <laughs> They're all from the same company. They're all from one manu- or yeah, one, one warehouse, probably. Um, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, well, so, okay, so, uh, so there's, okay, so, so there's a candle that smells like Alex Jones' penis. <laughs> taint. It's his I taint. It. it smells like his taint. I want it. I, I, I kind of think like that's what we're smelling right now. It's Alex Jones' taint. Oh, that's wow. quite accurate. Yeah, accurate. Yes. Uh, okay, so he's he is an undercover narc wearing mm, a scramble suit. And a scramble yes. suit means that because there's a, a surveillance state, they can see your face anywhere, and they can you know figure out exactly who mm-hmm. you are from images. It Which just, is one of the coolest things <laughs> in the movie, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, it, and it rotates through every possible man, woman, child. Yeah, combination. Yeah. So yeah. it is a cool suit. That and that's why I'm like, I can see him wanting to be like, I need this to be constantly shifting and constantly mm-hmm. in flux. And it was. It was unsettling. Yeah. It really is. It like is you, you, you kind of are like, oh, that would make you kind of dizzy just being in a room yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Especially because like when you when there's extended periods of screen time where they're it, it's like focusing on the scramble suits, you yeah. do like start to piece together like the like a person. Yeah, you, you know? try to make like a person, and then the the bizarre thing. I remember at one point towards the end when he's in the scramble suit and he's. You know, having his real big identity crisis. Yeah, I think there's 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 like a, they change it. So I thought that it had more like images of people that were like 
like in distress or like they, they yeah. looked like there was a burn victim. Yeah, they and just, I was like, whoa, what's yeah, they, going on here? It is a good way to subtly shift your attitude by watching. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it does because even as you guys are discussing it or just describing that just now, my stomach is it's like unsettling. Yeah, yeah. It didn't, so and, that's a cool effect, and yeah. I and I that to me makes the movie a success in itself right mm-hmm. there because that is an interesting thing and and having him not be aware that it's him inside the suit yeah because okay so the idea is that the police themselves when when some when a narc like the idea of being in the scramble suit is that literally no one knows that it's them so even he goes by fred yeah his right? colleagues are all in scramble suits as well well no just he and his supervisor they're the only two in scramble suits no, that and they the ever other, show and the other people like that are at the monitors and stuff like that are all in scramble suits. oh i wasn't paying attention you're right okay mm-hmm. well and it is implied that there's tons of them because they yeah. have like a yeah. specific protocol for wearing them but he only ever interacts with his his supervisor hank mm-hmm. am i have i got those right yeah. Hank and fred yeah and uh but they but there's a discussion where hank doesn't actually know who fred is in real life without mm. the scramble suit which and he's like, reasonably like, oh, I just assumed you'd know because that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Your supervisor doesn't know who you are, his subordinate actually is in the suit. Right. But um, I thought that was cool because then they have like a very specific protocol where they go into a room and nobody knows you go in there and you take it off and you go mm-hmm. out another room so nobody can ever connect you to the scramble suit. That hmm. was, right. it was nifty. Because it was a nifty little the, device. The, the agents are so like deep undercover that they like – the the cops don't like can't yeah, even intentionally, know intentionally yeah. yeah and and so then that's how he winds up being assigned surveilling the suspect who right. is indeed himself right yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is surely the underlying theme that Philip K. Yeah, Dick was going the whole, for right yeah the theme is I mean it's everything's like cyclical right so yeah. like new path is making the drug that's getting people addicted so they're coming to work for New Path, right. making more drug, right. getting more people addicted, just like Bob Arctor is and in a suit, narking on himself. Right. Because <laughs> he does he does have a moment at, towards the end where he is losing, where he's like that Bob Arctor, like he seems like an okay fella, yeah, he but seems, he's super yeah. deep mm-hmm. in and he's like not even registering that he's talking about himself. Mm-hmm. And this is actually, this is like, I mean, you can attest to this, uh, Ryan, that like this is a pretty frequent theme in philip k dicks sure like oh yeah books you know identity and uh i guess he really likes tackling like what is our perception of sanity and insanity Mm -hmm. and like what makes you an insane person or like a person that and i think looked at is a crazy by society yeah and i feel what has always made me unsettled reading his stories is that he never Pulls the, he never pulls back the curtain and explains what it's going to be. He just leaves it to you, the, yeah, the, yeah. the reader, and you're like, I don't like sitting here at the end of this. Like, put another chapter in that tells me, okay? Because yeah. I don't tell me what to think. You know, yeah, I, this left me very, very oh, uncomfortable. I. Yeah, which is clearly his point, right? Is yeah. to just like leave it in your face yeah. of like none of this is understood, and it just and and he he said that this is his most personal story, yeah, because he that, was like deep in drugs. Uh, yeah schizophrenic like well, struggle with mental and, illness and he had stopped writing during that period when he was really addicted to drugs and the interesting thing when i was reading about this is this i mean so a scanner darkly uh is like a reference to uh a through a glass darkly which is uh an ingmar bergman film yeah uh, and that. that's uh in that film the the father so there's a, a woman who's schizophrenic and goes um to stay with her family and uh, she's kind of losing her grasp on things. And her father 
also has writer's block. He's a writer who has writer's block. And I thought that was really interesting. And uh, even even a looking glass, I think, is it through a glass darkly, is a, that's another reference to the Bible, Corinthians, huh. where the Apostle Paul is talking about, you know, uh, looking through a glass darkly. You, you, it's basically like you have a obscured vision of yourself, yeah. but it, that'll become clear or through God or, sure. okay. you know, and, and uh-huh. this will become clear and you'll see that you had a dark vision of yourself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's a, <laughs> it's a passage of a book that inspired a film <laughs> that inspired a book that was turned into a movie, Got it. which is interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's a long chain, a yeah. long chain of events. Uh, what does a scanner see? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, so the 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 whole time he's like knocking on himself. He's also like most a lot of the movie is just spent with Bob fucking around with his two druggy roommates friends, yeah. Jim Barris and Ernie Luckman, played by Robert Downey Jr. and Woody Harrelson. Yeah, and Robert Downey Jr. in this movie is he's amazing, phenomenal. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it, it, he is great. Every moment in the when he gets to talk and just kind of do his thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so great. <laughs> so great. I, I will always remember, uh, it's always going to be clear, like just remembering the scene where uh, the, he gets the bike. Oh, yeah. And they're trying to figure yeah. out how many, how many gears, gears are on his yeah. damn fucking bike. <laughs> Dude, when, when, when he bursts through the door and he's just like, totally, 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 totally. totally. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Yeah, they had a lot of fun. You could tell they were just having fun with that shit yeah from the the behind the scenes stuff that i saw um it looked like there was a lot of just like them all kind of just hanging out sure palling around there was like mm. a little like snippet of like richard link later and keanu reeves playing ping pong and i was like oh man it seems like they're all buds <laughs> <laughs> no but that's i think that's this guy's gift link later's gift right like the mm-hmm. the the before series like those only work because the the he lets the people find their dynamic and their chemistry mm-hmm. and yeah. roll with it. Like he's mm-hmm. he's directing by, I assume, by just saying, okay, I'm going to get the right personalities in place, give them the the opportunity to find what they need to find in this, and I'm just going to go. I'm just going to start recording and let mm-hmm. them go. And it's so great. That's why I thought it was like, I, I didn't realize it was so... Is the 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 um the actual dialogue out of the book? Is a that lot what you're of it saying? is. Mm-hmm. Interesting because it, yeah. it feels so I know, natural. I actually, so I went back. I I went back and I took out my book and I started when uh I mean the beginning of the movie when they're like uh the guys introducing Keanu Reeves at like the Lions Club or oh yeah or whatever yeah. and he's like let's hear it for the vague blur. Yeah. <laughs> and I always thought that was funny and I was like is that in the book? Like that seems and I looked it up and I, I looked through the first couple pages and I was like yeah it that is. is in here. Yeah. yeah. That's that it just that seems funny to me. I, I don't know. know. There's a there when so I I spent like the last few weeks reading the book mm-hmm. and then watched the movie after I had read the book because yeah. I had seen the movie Hadn't read the book, so I was like, oh, I'm going to read the book before I watch the movie. And I, while I was watching the movie, I was like, holy shit, so much of this is like... Straight out. Straight out yeah. of the book. Even like when they're in the car and they're talking about like all the shit that happened to the... Uh-huh. The, um, the, or, the engine and stuff. Yeah, or the, the link cable. Yeah. yeah. I'll, 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 there's more of it in the book. Really? Yeah, the movie's then, like then condensed. That, then that makes Robert Downey Jr. and Woody Harrelson like phenomenal. Yeah. They yeah. are amazing because yes. they are embodying that. <clears throat> in, that's why I just assumed it was them riffing. Imp- like improvising. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's exactly. what it seems like. Yeah. It totally sure. does. They do a great job. They're, all of that stuff is wonderful. It's, oh, yeah. It's great. 
Yeah, and it, like uh, I forgot to look. This was before Fear and Loathing, right? The movie Fear and Loathing. It must have been because they that they could have used movie? that special effects. No, I think Fear and Loathing was way before this. So maybe that's why they knew it Fear, would cost Fear and Loathing so much. Was like late nineties. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, no. Yeah, like ninety six. I feel like no. I'm, I'm looking it up. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm looking well, it up. But part of why I'm saying that is... 98. The, the special yeah. effects in that could have accommodated this, though. They could have oh, yeah. been I able to that. do that that scramble suit using those same effects. So I just decided it must have been after this. So, oh. hmm. hmm. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I but, think, well, but my point is, is the dialogue between Laszlo or whatever... Laszlo isn't Laszlo Toth is no no that's that other guy the the between Hunter S Thompson and his his lawyer oh, yeah yeah, yeah. It, that's what they're trying to go for and they do okay I mean, mm-hmm. have you guys read Hunter S Thompson before like, yeah that's yeah. the that's the way they talk in that shit mm-hmm. the, the bullshit like the nonsense they're talking about when they're fixing the car mm-hmm. and then he brings out the <laughs> hammer and they're gonna fight and all that and yeah. they're just trying to freak out Freck yeah yeah that yeah. was so great <laughs> so great but it felt like it was out of a Hunter S Thompson oh novel. yeah yeah and like the part where uh, Bar- Barris is like trying to teach Freck how to like his homemade way to make cocaine. Make cocaine, so yeah. Can oh, get, like, oh, that absolutely <laughs> feels like yeah. some bullshit that Hunter S. Thompson's like. Yeah, you know, just dump it in this, <laughs> stick it in the freezer. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Make it, making the silencer for the, the silencer gun. was yeah. really good. Yeah. Silenced yeah. it, augmented it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, most of that just doesn't really have to do with anything because I wasn't. I uh, the idea that they were trying to find like I, I don't quite follow what the ultimate goal that they were claiming they were doing with putting uh Arctur as a narc in that house like they're convinced <clears throat> that somewhere involved they're moving up the food chain of a drug dealer i i don't think that was ever the case R- no it wasn't well, I, it's I mean, revealed will, yeah. at the very very end so but even going back i'm like i still don't follow like where the the like You'd still think that that Bob Arctor would be under the impression that Donna, who's Winona Ryder's character, mm. he's he's being sold that she is like somehow connected up the food chain and mm-hmm. they're going to use her to get up. But then somewhere in there it shifts that they're saying, no, Bob Arctor, you are actually the person who's moving up the food chain. And so I, I don't follow the narrative of what the police are doing. The police are trying to break him. Well, yeah. I mean, I... I she, I guess I mean, they're just clues. relying. There there's clues throughout the whole movie they're, that they're relying on this the fact is what that we're going to do to you. They're relying on the fact that they're just kind of tearing his brain apart, right? Is that what mm-hmm. is that yeah. what we're supposed to see? Okay, uh, yeah, because they're not actually interested in Bob Arctor, right? They're not. Well, they are. They're just interested in getting him to like, new path to break, mm-hmm. yeah, to break. a mental but breakdown. But they're not interested in interested in him in the way that they as are a narc, per, yeah, as, as a, a narc, yeah. as a drug dealer. Um, and yeah, they're not interested in like his operations or anything like that. They're not interested in like. And I also think that I, I like to think and just that they've kind of screened him before all of this. Okay, they've kind of said, okay, he he has these kind of traits and qualities, and uh, so he was probably screened heavily before he got that position got as an it. undercover agent. Because they're like, well, okay, maybe he has you know he has this that we can kind of like dig into and this and then. But that's part of why I wonder, is he supposed to have been a undercover or a police officer before all of this started, right? Like his own narrative, his own perspective is he hits his head that one time when he's got a, you know, when he's just a family dad Mm -hmm. and he hits his head and he's just like that normal, like, oh, fuck. And you're just kind of pissed off. 
But then he turns and sees his family and just like, that was like some breaking point for him. And he decides that this isn't the life he wants. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so as far as he knows, or the story he's told himself, is that what we're supposed to understand? Or is it not really the story? I mean, I get it. He's supposed to be a completely unreliable narrator. But if that is the perspective, how does he come to being a narc? Right, like, did he? Well, was I feel he, like there's probably a lot of different ways it could. It could have been. Well, for one, it could be that he was already a cop at that point. That's what I'm saying. So, is I, I'm assuming he was already a cop because then, then at the after, end yeah. they're like relying on him. Maybe it's just to wrap up the story for the movie. I don't know if the book does that as well. They're saying once they've got him broken and and he's allowed in a new path, and they have the the discussion Donna and the other cop in the in the mm-hmm. in the cafe mm-hmm. saying you know we had to do it this way because new path won't let anybody from the outside in. So the only yeah. way is to get somebody who's truly broken down to infiltrate organically. Yeah. And he's like, hopefully his instincts will kick in and he'll be able to provide us with information, which would tell me that he was a cop to start with. Mm. Right. And that's why they put him in that position and then broke him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I assume the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So that's, okay. that's kind of how I take it. There, <clears throat> again, when I went back and only watched the piano parts, that, idea of him having a family and all that didn't feel like it was grounded necessarily because again hank goes when he references it hank's like i don't think that's true i don't think you have kids which then just throws it all into confabulation of like well then (laughs) why are they relying on him if they don't trust that he's actually the person that he thinks he is right like all of it just kind of feels uncomfortable right yeah well and so for one thing I also get the impression that they've probably done this with other agents as they've well. They've tried this, yeah. Right? Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. My my understanding was that, like, there's probably a few agents out there that they were I mean, trying to get into New Path. Yeah, that know? one guy talks. He said, yeah, no, that's right. He says, I tried. I for tried years, for yeah. years. Yeah, but. Oh, and that's actually elaborated on a lot more in the book. That character, the end sure. part where uh, Bob, now at the end, he's Bruce. Bruce, uh, yeah. Yeah, what was that? Why did they have his name change? Well, was that maybe that was his name before Fred or Bob Arctor? Maybe that's his real name. Right. Mm. I mean, hmm. I don't know. Because <laughs> Fred could be, is probably not like his real name. Well, no, but that was then, clear. They were just like one simple name as their right. yeah. scramble but then, like, uh, like Bob Arctor could just be like his undercover name, you know? Yep. Like, hmm. but And okay. plus like the vision of his family, that could just be like Bob Arctor's that could be backstory. like Bob Arctor's backstory, but like what is Fred's backstory, you know? Like Yeah, or Bruce. Bruce, yeah. yeah. Okay. What's Bruce's backstory? Yeah, so. okay. That's interesting, but I feel like that's taking too much time after the fact to get that through to my brain, right? Like in the movie, <laughs> when you get to the new start and they start calling him Bruce, I want to have a little bit more like center of like, wait, where? Did I forget his name was Bruce this whole time? <laughs> I had that sense of like, I thought they were calling him Bob and Robert throughout most of this film. You don't get that. His name like, was Bob Actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and the the thing with the the um, flowers at the end too, where like only somebody who's like I didn't appreciate what was going on with that, like because he's can see the flowers that are the poppies basically mm. that create the drug, mm-hmm. but only when he's looking and then he looks again and they're gone in the, like the weird, 
uh, pharmaceutical execs like, no, nah, you're, you know, that's your old God, Bruce. You're no longer <laughs> praying to that yeah. God. <laughs> right. I felt like Bruce. that was a weird, like, what is, is, are we to believe he's not actually in any of this and he's just sitting in a cell somewhere? <laughs> this is all imagine Like, I, I need a little more grounding yeah. I, one way or the other. If you're going to just make it a complete mental breakdown, then make it so plain that we just in the audience are just left with like the hopelessness of the end of Brazil, right? Where the guy's yeah. clearly just everything's fucking gone. Yeah. But this, I'm like, cause he puts the little flower in there and we're to believe that he's going to potentially be able to provide them one little piece of data that will undermine all of this and yeah. be successful. But is that reality, right? Like I don't, they, I, I feel like he didn't choose what he was going to do. Is he going to have this all be a real thing or have it all just be absolutely un, unreliable narration from a character who's losing his mind? And I, that's where I was left at the end of like, I don't know where we're landing on this. Which, yeah, well, because the thing is, though, is that like the like I I feel like it is. I don't feel like I feel like he is actually there at the farm. At me the too. End. Yeah. So I, because I don't feel like there's why all, are the flowers disappearing? I feel because that's Bob's perception. That's not like uh, like. Bruce. <laughs> yeah, Bruce's perce- perception. Fred. <laughs> Fred. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> uh, but because uh, the, you win, it's not through like the perspective of uh, like Keanu Reeves, like the, or Charles Freck. It's pretty like, it's not like hallucinatory. You know what I mean? So they like do Freck ca- when he was hallucinating through the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Okay. The, but like when anytime it's like not centered on like the two big, like, like characters that are falling apart like it's not very like hallucinatory so i feel like there is that's like when it's kind of grounded in reality a little bit you know so uh so yeah i don't feel like the whole thing is like i don't feel like they're trying to say that the whole thing could have been a hallucination or that he's like sitting in a jail cell somewhere no i don't either but then but to have it still be like this weird like the two people talking to him are so weird I'm trained as a movie well, they're drug viewer. kingpins. Right, <laughs> they're but, weird. <laughs> but I'm, I'm trained they're as fucking a fucking weirdos. Dude. I'm trained as a movie viewer to interpret that to mean that this is a like morphed reality, and that what's happening in front of me isn't actually what's happening to the character. That's that's fair. So that's why I'm like, well, is that real? Is he putting an actual flower, or is he just in his brain like I'm putting a flower? But because then he sits up and they're gone again. So yeah. why wouldn't it disappear in his? boot right like i mean i yeah, i'm splitting hairs but it just i'm i wanted to know where we're supposed to land which again was my discomfort with reading philip k dick all the time yeah so i maybe that's intentional and that just doesn't feel set right with me and i just yeah i guess i feel i feel okay i feel totally okay with it all like, right well yeah. i'm out me too <laughs> <laughs> i should i, I uh, sometimes in a movie that can annoy me where they're just like, uh, it's cool because it's ambiguous. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like a lot of times movies, especially like these days, they try to like they think that being like having an ambiguous ending means it's like somehow <laughs> deeper than yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like a, a no, that doesn't conc- feel like that's what's going on. Here. Right. Yeah. When it's done like in this movie, I think it's done. I, I like how it's done and I like the unsettling it like yeah. of it. Well, and I, I do appreciate that like Donna Winona Ryder's character who turns out, you know, they reveal that she is, Hank. she is Hank, his supervisor the whole time. And so that does add the like, Oh, they're like truly just setting him up. 
Yeah. And it explains why, like, she won't ever be physical with him, even though she's supposed to be using her sex to kind of keep him snared. Mm-hmm. Um, well, sort of. I mean, she could she, still just bang him. I don't know. She's, she's not just banging him. <laughs> she's making him, like, I think that's part of the whole training thing. I don't think she's like that. I mean, so she disguises herself yeah. to have sex with him. And Wait, I, is that her in that sequence? I think it is. That's another I, thing. Really? That, that's another reason so why. I, I, don't, I don't know. That's, that's, that's. Oh, so you with you and the blue flowers, that's me. That's I don't know. Also, I forgot about that part know, too, man. because all of it. But then when he sees that happening. Okay. So he, he gets frustrated because Donna will never like actually go like give him anything physical. She won't yeah. kiss him. She won't. Mm-hmm. And she has that lame excuse of like, I just do so much coke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which after we find out that she's actually a narc and his boss, like it makes sense. But in that moment, you're like, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> yeah. like, I don't like people touching me. Um, so he like goes and has sex with someone else. Yeah. But then in the, when he wakes up, he's been having hallucinations and he looks over and it, it's not the blonde woman that he's yeah. brought home and had sex with. It's suddenly but then he Donna. See, yeah. But then and later that'd be when a hallucination. That's, I, that, that's what you think. You're like, oh, he's, he's, he's hallucinating. It. And, and, then, he, and he feels that way. But then, yeah. yeah, he's at the police station, the precinct. And he and, freezes the image. Yeah, because everything that happens in his house is being recorded and he's recording it and watching it. Mm. And yeah, he freezes the image of when the hallucination kicked in for him when it happened. And it actually... I, I, is he just seeing it again? Is it like I I, I want to believe not I want to believe somehow that it's her. Or I don't know if like there's the technology or anything. Maybe that that sounds stupid, but <laughs> but we have the technology. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have, they can make a scramble suit. I don't know. Yeah, sure. but but uh, it it does. I I like the how what it, that does to the story because it's like she does have real feelings with him. She she wants to be intimate with him. Uh, she has to do this like through a different persona. And I think part of the reason she's like, it, it could be her. She's like, well, don't touch me because I don't want to really like, uh, yeah. you know, gravitate towards you and, and this be a real thing, a real connection. Yeah, because she knows be, that they're supposed to make him an addict and send him to new new path. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Or it could be that's even part of his training is that she's kind of making him malleable yeah. in the sense that. No, you'll do things when I say you, you'll do yeah. things. You'll, you'll, yeah, okay. you know. But I feel like the having him see the hallucination again in the video, right? Yeah. Like he sees the moment when he hallucinated seeing her change. And then he's, I don't know what that hologram thing where he's like pauses the video and then yeah. creates a hologram of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's just for us to see it be cool, like shifting back and forth. It's just future stuff. Neat <laughs> <laughs> future stuff. That, to me, that left me like, Again, that's that's one of those like pick a direction because now that's fantastical. Yeah, it's gone it from being like everything has a, a semi logical or at least consistent explanation to, well, what the fuck do we do with this? <laughs> yeah, because does that just mean that he is so warped that he, even knowing that he's just rewinding and fast forwarding a moment in time on a video, still can't not see the shift that he thought was a hallucination? Because they haven't introduced anything to explain how she could actually have yeah, changed into yeah. a different person. Yeah, nothing solid. So that was a peculiar, I, to I, say the least. But I do think, I mean, that's that's part of what I think they're shooting for. Yeah. And it's like, although it, it does bother you because you're like, okay, well, it's not like this is different than he remembered it. He was mm-hmm. remembering it's the same. And now he has like a document basically that's like, yeah, exactly. When you hallucinate it is when you're seeing this thing yeah. that you're rewinding and watching again. 
but maybe it's, it's crazy. just further parts of his breakdown. Because then, okay, because right. prior to that, when he's the first time we see him watching video of his house, he, I, I, this was confusing to me sequentially, right? Like he sees they're all on the they're all in the room together. He and his two roommates, and mm-hmm. they're talking about whatever s- stupid drug talk. And he makes the statement about like impress impersonating a narc. Yeah. And then there he's like flubs and he's like, oh, because he realizes he's like sort of giving himself, himself away. Yeah. Wait, so- <laughs> can I? Okay. So this is like, there's a big deal of that made in the book. And I this is, <laughs> I was like, am I stupid? Because I don't really, I think it may have gone over my head. Like I rewinded a couple of times. Like there's nothing that he says that seems weird. He just okay, kind of, yeah. he just acts <laughs> yeah. weird. He yeah. just kind of reacts weird. And then because he's, then, well, no, they kind of act weird. They're like, impersonating a narc? What are you talking about? And <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm just fried, man. Yeah. But I didn't really, I was that like. That doesn't seem, no, because the conversation was about impersonating people you're not. So yeah. It was, well, it, the conversation is about being an imposter of being an, impo- uh, uh, yeah, being an, imposter, an imposter, of, imposter imposter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to say that. Being an imposter imposter. So <laughs> that was peculiar. Like the moment was okay. hard to capture and it, it does feel kind of like. Uh, I don't understand. But actually that puts you right in the mindset of when you are on drugs and something weird happens and you don't know why it was weird and yeah. you just have to move yeah. forward. Oh, Otherwise yeah. you're going to live in that moment for the rest <laughs> yeah. of your life. I've never done, I've, <laughs> right? I, I've never done any like super hard drugs before, but there have been times. Have you time, been on LSD before where you've had a weird conversation and realized I didn't want to think about that. I didn't want to talk about that. Please <laughs> move on to anything else in the world. I've had a lot. That's how that felt in that yeah. moment. For me, it's I always like, like when I'm on drugs, that's the only thing. That yeah, that's, that's, that's the main reason I stopped using any of those kind of drugs because I was like I'm living like this for the next 12 hours (laughs) I've had a lot of experiences where I've been like you're probably bored by this conversation huh (laughs) are you talking to yourself or the person you're talking to both yeah yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna go over here I'm gonna go stand over here and hold a cup (laughs) (laughs) okay but that that moment happens and then he gets up and leaves and then in the sequence of what he's watching on the video, he's then he sees his, you know, he sees Woody Harrelson pull something out of the microwave and choke on it. And he's choking himself, you know, falls over and Robert Downey Jr. is just being a weirdo about it. <laughs> yeah. But the timing of that, like he had to have walked out of the living room, gone straight to the police station, sat Wait. down and started videoing because he sees Woody Harrelson like choking and like he picks up his phone to like call that, and be like, yeah, that was a live feed. Yeah. But he was just in it. Not 30 uh, seconds prior to that moment. Yeah, I went and not, rewatched it because that's why I was like, Really? Yeah, really? he, he gets up from there. Yeah, he, he does the whole like, I don't I know. Think I don't you're know. a liar. I think, so here's what I think. <laughs> I rewatched <laughs> it because of that. That's why I was like, here's What's how, going on? Huh. How I remember it is he's he's reviewing footage yeah. of like maybe like the night before because it seemed like when they have that conversation and he starts to freak out, that's at night. And then at the same time, he's reviewing the footage. I think that's the same scene. But he's also like watching a live feed of what's currently going on. In okay, the house. maybe that's Plus what happened. Two. Maybe that 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 makes better sense because I was like, I don't understand how he's supposed to be reacting to this in real time. Well, there's he a- was clearly not there he's just left so either he just like <laughs> booked his ass down to the yeah. police station yeah. see, what, yeah. see what's going on back at the house now <laughs> they make a point in the movie though to show just like the like hard cuts of time 
you know, mm. where like he, uh, Keanu will be like in one spot and then all of a sudden like he's somewhere else, you know, because yeah. he's having like essentially he's like a Tyler Durden blackout person. Yeah, where, yeah. like He'll he'll be Fred like he's Fred and then all of a sudden he's at home and he's like, how did I get here? Yeah. OK. You know, and uh, so, I mean, it could just be the thing where like, you know, he or he doesn't right. know that and it's I, not I, live. Again, <laughs> I feel like that's I thought maybe that's what I was. Maybe that was what they were going for is he's just not even aware that he's watching something that happened yesterday or right. earlier. And he's still just like, oh, like. Right, because it, subs, they say that substance D like splits the hemispheres of your brain. They, it makes them like com- combative with each other. It's yeah. a bunch of like gobbledygook, like sciencey <laughs> brain gobbledygook. Which I was like, I feel like Dylan's gonna have a problem with no, that. No, not at all. Not at all. No, I mean, it, it actually didn't sound too no, far yeah, off of the, that, the split brain okay. phenomenon, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. That's part of why they actually explain it. Like I've actually heard explained before. I ever mm-hmm. saw the movie is that. Oh, okay, sweet is that you know you have a dominant dominant hemisphere of your brain mm-hmm. and then if you like do drugs certain types of drugs or or you have some sort of you know genetic inclinations and whatever sure. um yeah there's lack of communication between the hemispheres lack of communication or like like your dominant sphere like will just drop the ball sometimes and your other sphere like fills in and it doesn't do things right. <laughs> uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, that totally makes sense. I just wasn't sure if it was like a like I a think, limitless, like, you know how they say you only use 10% of oh your brain? God, what if no. you could use 100% no, of your brain? It's not that. No. Like Lucy? Yeah, um. yeah Lucy. Like, Goddamn, that movie to hell. <laughs> no, and I don't know about the, I mean, the, the stuff where he's like having trouble seeing patterns and stuff, that all seems like gobbledygook for the drugs to be impacting, but you know, whatever the split, however they're explaining it is fine. Cause yeah. Okay. Back to the scramble suit idea. Like none of his supervisors, no one's supposed to know it's him in the scramble suit, except for the guys running the ins- experiments on him. Right. Like yeah. those, yeah. those people are supposed to know, like that doesn't make sense to me that some people should be able to know he's Fred and other people have no idea. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know too. why he didn't just have the scramble suit on when he was getting tested. His, yeah. Getting tested. Mm-hmm. That, that yeah. seemed inconsistent with the, what was built, was built in the movie itself. That, yeah, that I think they me. have to, I think they have to do that though, to just like set some sort of foundation. You know what I mean? Like, but is it again, like I'm left with the impression that anything that's exclusively from his perspective may not be real. True. So, yeah, that's true. Because I mean, yeah. they do the switch up with the doctors. With the do- that's yeah. what I was referencing before. Is like, and I did even rewatching it. I was like, that is the same. Because again, like you just said, there will be smash cuts where Keanu's from one point in time to another. So I thought maybe I missed it there, and I rewound it, and he hasn't moved. He's just standing in the room. He just kind of right. stops and realizes there's different voices now. Right. Yeah. So who the what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So then it's revealed in the yeah. book. It's not like explicitly revealed that Donna is Hank. They say oh, really? that like Donna is an uh, like an undercover agent, mm-hmm. but they don't say that it's Hank. Huh. Uh like it but I, I actually think in the movie it, it makes it more yeah, unsettling it it, that it is Donna, yeah. you know? Yeah. Especially then go because that's I hadn't seen the movie in a while and that's one of the things I'll always like remember of it is that Winona is like essentially the bad guy of the movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's that kind of thing where I was also just watching uh, like Ex Machina 
uh, yeah. again, and yeah. I hadn't seen it since it first came out. And knowing how that movie ends, right? And then watching it again, like it takes on like a totally different sure tone yeah. because all of it's just like ooh, uh, like yeah. yeah, I see like all the weird machinations that yeah. are at play yeah. and like the puppet pulling the strings. Yeah, and so here too, it's kind of the same thing because I, I remembered that Winona that Donna is Hank, and yeah. I was like, so then watching it again and seeing it all like uh, like. Uh, play out through the course of the movie it's like it's so much more unsettling yeah uh, well and and like through the process of elimination to determine which one of the four people in the house is Fred mm-hmm. like that seems kind of benign because there's a moment where Fred's in the room with Robert Downey Jr. so it's yeah. clearly not so, so that not brings him. it down between yeah. him and one other person right, yeah. <laughs> and she's been around both all three of them so she's going to be able to be well, like she, but she even says that the though. fucking stud she, she, she says that at the end yeah, yeah she's like it wasn't that hard yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, a pretty yeah. small group like I was pretty sure you're not Charles Freck yeah like I'm pretty sure you're not Barris yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was between Arctur and Ernie yeah. Luckman yeah yeah, well, Ernie Luckman. Woody Harrelson's the only one in the movie, by the way, that I feel like is a little bit too much at yeah, times. Yeah, agreed. A little too yeah. cartoony. He, he's, he's getting hair, a little. Yeah. He's getting, okay. he's, 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 it is the hair, he's, for sure. He's enjoying himself a little much. I agree. Yeah. I agree. He does okay, but he's he's getting a little I kinda too I kind of buy it, it as far as like, he's just this happy-go-lucky weirdo drug addict. Yeah. But yeah, his his acting sometimes is maybe just maybe you guys. Nuts. I think maybe the rotoscope was to save the hair because <laughs> because yeah, Linkler is like, I don't can... wear the wig, and Harold is like, I'm working for scale. I'm wearing a wig. I'm wearing, I'm wearing, wearing a wig. wig. <laughs> and Linklater's like, well, shit, I did this thing with this other movie. I'll do it on this. Movie yeah, maybe, too. and then no one will be bothered by this hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I did want to just say that because I think everybody else is like yeah. pretty goddamn great in the movie. I do like Woody in the movie. There's there's some parts that are just fucking great when they're in the car and they're, yeah. they're yeah. in the tow truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there's like one scene where he does kind of like uh, like a faux, like like excitable, like karate move type yeah. thing. And yeah. when he did that, I was like... Settle down. Right? It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he comes after... Uh, after him with the with the, the rock. Hammer. Oh yeah, oh, with the yeah, rock. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. doing like all the like the jittery, jumpy, like over the top, like eye movements and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he was a bit much sometimes, but for yeah. the yeah. most part, he was good. Uh, so so Donna <laughs> takes so Bob's just completely fried, completely fucked over. Yeah. Uh, they Which also, is where they're trying to get him. Yeah, they're trying to get him. They also are going to dock his pay because he got addicted, addicted. to substance D. Yeah, that's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, and she like, but at this point we don't know that Hank is Donna, and Hank's going over like all these like things with Fred, Bob, and Whatever, yeah. and it's just so like, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, when, yeah. <laughs> when he's like, it's hard to watch. Yeah, when he's like having the realization that he's Bob Arctor. Yeah, uh, and like you're just like, ah, oh, fuck, this guy's just like a shell of a person. Yeah. Like he doesn't know who he is. Like. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know anything. He's just like an empty, an empty vessel at this yeah. point, basically. For we find out for the cops to use as like a sleeper agent, basically, yeah. to mm-hmm. get the flower out of New Path, and yeah. uh, it's super sad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's super duper sad. Yeah. Um, the in the book there there's things that are just like expanded upon a little bit mm-hmm. and like scenes that go on a little bit longer. And there's a couple more characters. The biggest difference for me was that there was a lot 
more stuff at the end of the book. Like the last few chapters are basically dedicated to the character, the new character of Bruce being at New Path. Oh, they spend he spends time there. Spends time him. there. Yeah. yeah, it's it's rushed in the movie. It's only like real quick, like the last like few minutes of yeah. the movie are yeah. there. In the book, it's a few chapters, and it's like showing just basically how awful being a new path is. Well, but if Philip K. Dick had been an addict, he'd probably spent time in a psychiatric facility mm-hmm. or whatever. He, was, he did, yeah, yeah. So he, he was probably just yeah, just referencing that or, or trying to yeah process it in. Philip K. Dick way. way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. The Keanu Reeves, like the Bruce character, I don't know if he's going to get that flower back yeah, at Thanksgiving. But, yeah. it's, uh, it's uh, I was talking about this with my wife. It's like the opposite of the, the ending to The Graduate, I kind of feel. <laughs> like they're like, yeah, we did it. We pulled it off. And then they're like, well, fuck. When, what's yeah, going to yeah. happen now? Yeah. And... Uh, so you, you you get to the high and then you realize there's some lows coming probably yeah and then uh, <laughs> probably <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. Uh, and then a scanner darkly is you hit rock bottom and then you're like well maybe something comes out of this yeah like yeah. maybe this is yeah the, this it almost is the felt... start like a catalyst for like people getting off this yeah. drug like yeah. they, you know he he brings back this flower and they get a warrant and they crack down that's and, why I wonder so does that happen in the book because it yeah. felt anti Philip K Dick to have him put that flower in his no it happens ex- exactly yeah. as mm-hmm. is okay yeah i know it's like yeah it's a weird just like maybe glimmer of hope yeah uh <laughs> because yeah it is so so such a bummer up to that point and yeah. you're just like oh god i guess this guy's just totally fucked huh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that world is bad that yeah that yeah. like full uh because early in when we first see the the scramble when he takes off the scramble suit and we are introduced as Keanu Bob Arctor as a person, he pulls out that cell phone, which was what was the action of it being in an envelope? That was curious to me. Like he comes walking out of the cop shop. It's like a burner oh, or something. Yeah, but yeah, but why? But I, I don't was, know. He's a, that's a good dealer. question. He's a drug dealer. <laughs> drug dealers have burners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> but then they sh- but that was just a vehicle to show us how the police state actually works in that yeah. world. And he like makes the phone call to Donna, and they're being and they choose not to report it. They choose yeah, but they do the like they're able to like just zero in on everybody in a specific region, and they can like look at their faces and then pull up all their history. Like mm-hmm. yeah, that's a terrible world to live in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bad. And, we're, and we're living in it. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much right. Like I mean, the only fantastical aspect of it was the ability to put the cameras the in the house <laughs> yeah. just the fancy screens that's the fancy it. Yeah. screens yeah. I mean, yeah we even have like hollow projectors and stuff now so what you know like hollow projectors oh hologram yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. well uh, and i guess our phones are acting like the tracing that they're oh yeah there is actually i mean it is interesting because i think this the iphone one came out in 2007 so this was right before mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. own little personal information trackers yeah before it everyone blew up <laughs> yeah. uh I want to say uh, Philip K. Dick talks about an Impossible Burger in this uh, in the in the book. He does like a, like a vegan uh, I, whopper I, kind of I, thing or whatever. I wouldn't non- want you guys to wait for me to flip through it, but he does <laughs> talk about like it's fake beef on an organic. Oh, that's um, hilarious. It, it's insane. He talks about it's like a trendy it's... Impossible Burger, and I'm like that. That was weird. He wrote this in what seventy something. Yeah. Seventy seven. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was definitely like all he was he there's a lot of stuff in his novels that he did like accurately predict at least oh, just yeah. like the feelings of yeah. things oh, you yeah. know and like yeah. uh you know like do androids dream of electric sheep I mean yes. that's all I mean <laughs> where I mean 
tr- the closer we approach like AI and stuff like mm-hmm. that, like the closer we are, like identity is going to be like a crucial, critical yeah. aspect of life, you know? Uh, or is it? I mean, that's, that's the question that he seems to intentionally be ambiguous about is like, what is the distinction there? Like that book doesn't ever, ever, ever feel like he answers that question because he doesn't, I got the impression he doesn't want to have that be defined, right? Yeah. Like, but that's what I mean, though. But like, those questions are becoming like more and more prevalent all yeah. the time, you know. And like, he doesn't really say like one way or the other necessarily. Uh, but yeah, he asks he asks the big questions. <laughs> <laughs> this K Dick guy, he just wants people to talk question. about it like we're we're talking about it right now. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, so talk about Keanu. Yeah, let's talk Can about Keanu. Yeah. Um, so casting for this i mean I, I can't think of a movie with like as far as that the people who casted it did a better job i know like off the top of my head i can't what's a better movie <laughs> 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 like robert downey jr is perfect he in is that role perfect. yeah winona Ryder does a great job and keanu reeves they found the role for him oh yeah and it works it really works Oh, did we mention that the, this is Keanu and Winona being reunited for the second From time? From Dracula. Oh. From Dracula, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just to make a quick note of it, because we will be seeing them again together. What? Yeah. Are you kidding? I'm not. Wait, and what? what? Destination Wedding. Oh, 2018, God. baby. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a chance. Fuck you. <laughs> not watching that. <laughs> hey, right. it's Keanu and Winona. Like, what could, you know, what, sure. what more could you want? <laughs> I, I feel like the rotoscope takes away from Keanu's performance, though, because part of what's so great about that mm-hmm. guy is his physicality, and it gets animated, so then it gets lost in what we were describing before of the shiftiness and, like, hmm. I know because I've spent a lot of time in the last nine months watching the guy perform. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what are you referencing? And a lot of that stuff is him, but it would be easy to just miss it because it's also just kind of scrambled in with the mm-hmm. way that the movement of the, the, the animation is. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of detracted from it again. Like I don't, I don't want to harp on that because I'm sure that was like the number one criticism this guy got for the way he presented this film, but it, it kind of pulls it away from it for Keanu for me. Cause like, like you said, it is a perfect casting of all of these people, but because of that, it could have been almost anybody. Yeah. Like, Robert Downey Jr. brings an extremely specific flavor to his performance that nobody else could have done that. Mm-hmm. But Keanu is left with this like cerebral thing. So he's only left with mannerisms that get lost in the rotoscoping, I thought. I could see so, that. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. I think, especially like the times that you get like, Keanu kind of like acting in the movie is a lot of just like his inner monologue stuff. Right. And so he's just got to be plain faced. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I like a lot of that stuff. Yeah. A lot of that's from like just taken straight out of the book. Like sure. the whole like monologue of like, what does a scanner see? Right. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> Darkly. <laughs> uh, uh, I so, think he's doing a great job there, but I do think the like, Keanu is such a physical person and like I can picture this movie fully live action and yeah. seeing him doing like an even better job yeah. than what's actually there in the movie as it is now I think it's good but I do think yeah I think it's a little distracting yeah. I think he takes away from it sometimes <clears throat> over other actors though I think he did do a better job of like going through depersonalization and like 
going through an identity crisis. I think yeah. if you put someone else in there, I don't know if they do as no, good a I, job. I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, I, he, I'm on board he, with you on that. Yeah, when he's just like, huh, hmm, like reflecting suddenly that he doesn't know what's happening with yeah. himself inside his own brain. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that it, it works really well. Yeah, and when he's like doing, the, when he's getting interviewed by the, the med staff, yeah. you know, like a lot of that stuff is really good. And like when he's like realizing that but he's not seeing the shapes Because and stuff. you don't get to see his actual face in that moment. I felt like it was underplayed in a way that did the movie a disservice. A disservice. Uh- for sure, mm-hmm. I agree. Because he, in those moments, was like, "I would really like to see what he's projecting in the, into them." Because they're reacting and laughing and stuff, but mm-hmm. because it's a cartoon, it didn't quite catch it. And yeah. he, I know what he's doing because I know Keanu. He and I are buds. <laughs> 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 but all that stuff, like when he's like pushing the button, and he's all slow, like brr, I thought that was great. Like, yeah. Wh- because as a viewer, you're like, what is he doing? Just push the fucking button. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think he did a great job. I think everybody, other than like the couple of things with Woody Harrelson, <laughs> that kind of bugged me. I thought everybody did a good job. Robert Downey Jr. for sure steals the show. Yeah. He, that was, he's a really good performance in that movie. Oh, and we didn't even really touch on it, but he's an asshole. Like, his character's a oh, fucking he's, asshole. He's a sociopath. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. He's a lot of fun to watch, but he... <laughs> he's uh, a piece of shit. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. He's narking on his friends for no reason. He's endangering himself doing it, too. <laughs> yeah, he's a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, the that whole character is like what is he doing like what is his, does he really want to become a narc because he does that whole bit where he's like I'd like to fill out an application do I pick up the application from the front and they're like we don't need you bro <laughs> I, I can't remember if they say it explicitly in the movie but in the book there's like they say what some character says I think maybe a tank that like you know uh, these like substance D addicts they you know, somebody could just like one of their best friends could just wrong them. And then they'll use that as an excuse to like go and narc on him to get back at him. Basically, you know, so like, uh, Barris could just be doing that. He could really believe it. He could just be being like a fucking asshole. Yeah. I Uh, think it's all of those things. I think that's why Robert Downey Jr. Does it perfectly because it is all of those things at once. You can just tell that he's actually feeling that way. I suspect that's just kind of how Robert Downey Jr. was as an addict. He was just like (laughs) self-serving, just an asshole, also super fun and personable. All of the things at once. Superiority complex, paranoid. Yeah. Yeah. And just like very, very basically very, Tony Stark, very elo- very eloquent. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. He's great. He's great. The the talk that they have when they're in the tow truck. Is, yeah, that's so it's great. great. Yeah, that part it's is awesome. Great. Yeah, that part is really good. Uh, yeah, like all like them. <laughs> and when when Winona Ryder comes in, yeah, and she's like, "Well, I took I saw the note on the door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't leave notes. You shouldn't leave your door unlocked, bozos." <laughs> Yeah, the movie does a really good job of making it funny without, but also like doing a good job of reminding you that like, also this fucking sucks for him. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) right. Like, uh, and I don't feel like the movie ever really takes a like stance necessarily. And Philip K. Dick like has like an afterword in the book where he like explicitly says like, this isn't like a condemnation of drugs and like using drugs basically mm, yeah. no and that's in the opening sequence in the in the 
Lion's Lodge or whatever, mm-hmm. like the stance of we need to crack down on the users so that these uh, drug pushers don't have a, a market. Like, right. that's also prescient. From 1977, I mean, that was the war on drugs, That the approach that was taken 10 years later, basically, mm-hmm. which is such an asinine, ass-backwards approach. And I yeah, felt right. like that was what he was saying in that moment was like, you know, he's he's criticizing this approach to drug enforcement, which I guess by the 70s, I mean, Richard Nixon had already started that kind of shit as yeah. well. So maybe I'm, I'm off base thinking it was no but preceding the, the 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 war on drugs but i mean but it's it's all kind of right around the same time because yeah nixon yeah. and so it's definitely a response to that but i think what's crazy is just like how i don't think people knew then i mean smart people probably knew but i think <laughs> a lot of people didn't know then that like the war on drugs was going to be such like a goddamn failure and shit show yeah, yeah 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 and so like him writing that in 77 and us yeah. not really understanding. like I mean, because it, it does feel like it's all clearly the the focus needs to be on the producers, not on the users. Like the users are fucking addicts. They're, mm-hmm. you know, that the whole point is to get them hooked so that there's just, so focusing on them as a way to crack down on all of it is never going to work. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, and they, I thought it was cool in the movie too, how they left in like Philip K. Dick. His, did like an in memoriam or yeah. like a dedicated to yeah. like a bunch of his like drug friends. It actually friends. moved. Like I, I kind of teared up reading that. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Because at first I thought it was just Richard Linkletter talking. And then at the end, it's, you know, mm-hmm. signed Philip K. Dick. It was like, damn, dude. And he includes himself <coughs> in that, and that included yeah. himself in that list too, yeah. which I thought was well, a very and like Philip the things K. that happen to people, do. like people dead yeah, or like, like schizophrenic, seriously like, brain damaged. Yeah, and all. you're like, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Was he a heroin addict? Is that? Uh, so he, I know he did a lot of, uh, like psychoactive drugs. Yeah. But that's um, not going to, no, I know, I know. You like but that. he, he had to have done. I think he like, did a lot. Um, he must've done heroin at some point. I'm thinking, uh, yeah, he it had felt to, like the, the 70s, description, the description that he was having of all those people dying. You're not going to, there's that many people don't die from taking psycho. Oh psychoactive yeah. 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 Drugs. They, yeah, yeah. Uh, heroin seems accurate i mean he probably did a lot of coke probably did like a lot of acid probably did a lot of you I know thought, I, for some reason i thought philip k dick was earlier than i didn't realize he was still writing in the 70s i thought he was dead by the 70s i thought he was hmm. earlier 82 like, so he died yeah. five years after this book came out huh yeah. yeah i thought he was producing in like the 40s and the 50s well he did yeah he did <clears throat> he had been that well long. no that's go back far. to the 40s i don't that's know that's too far i mean that, i think he started writing in the 50s the 60s is where he does most of his work, I yeah. believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, like you said, he did do, he, there was like a long period where he wasn't uh, really writing anything. Mm. Um, but, all right, well, yeah, I think Keanu was great in the movie. Uh, <laughs> he's great. He's, he's, he's great. great. He looked he like a lot of fun job. to work with. Uh, he looked like a lot of fun to hang out with on set. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Playing ping pong and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's, uh, should we do our woes? Do you guys have any, el- anything else you want to touch on in the movie? I got nothing. No, I don't think so. All right. Uh, do, do you know the woe system? You know the woe system? How many, <laughs> how many woes do you give it? Yeah. yeah five, five okay. is the... You guys go first. Okay. I'm not sure what I want to go. You go first. <sighs> I have a number, but I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm three woes. I'm three woes. Yeah. See, I think I, oh, well, Okay. 
last week is coming back to me. I give it two. I, I gave, was, I think I said I wanted to give Constantine between three and three and a half. Well, <laughs> did you really? I you're think an, that's what I said. You're an insane person. I think I landed on three. What so, does half a woe sound like, Chuck? <laughs> it's the back half. <laughs> it's, no, it's the middle part. It's <laughs> the middle. It's the middle <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, okay, so I'll I'll go first. I'll, I'm going to give it four stars. Whoa, uh, four whoa. stars! Yeah, four, yeah, fucker, fucker, I'm stars. <laughs> You're fucking up this system. Uh, four woes. Four relatively enthusiastic woes. <laughs> <laughs> here's the th- okay. So here's the thing. I thought the I thought it was a, I liked it a lot. I liked I liked Philip K. Dick, and I liked the ideas that he writes about. I yep. think L- Linklater did a good job adapting it. Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, so, and I like a lot of the stuff, like a lot of the themes and philosophical stuff about it. I think the rotoscoping thing, which is arguably the biggest aspect of the movie yeah, is a little distracting at times and sometimes very distracting. Uh, but I gave Constantine... Three woes. So yeah, you have to be consistent, you have yeah. to go higher. I have to go higher. It's, it's inarguably a better film. It is a little boring at times. Like, it, it, dra- is, it drags it, sometimes. It, I, I did, I was engaged, but then I paused it for whatever reason and then realized, I was like, oh, shit, there's a lot left. Like, I didn't realize it was dragging. I was, yeah, yeah so... Uh, the book's kind of like that for me too. Like the book, there's parts of the middle of the book where there, I was kind of like, I feel eh. like that describes yeah, most of his definitely. books, to be frank. Yeah, yeah the ones I, the, my experience that's most books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all books. <laughs> I, I read the first and last page of all books. Sometimes he'll go off on some drug tangent story, and mm-hmm. it goes for a fucking while, yeah. and you're like, "All right, man, get, get, get back to, to the, the story." Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like in the book, there's definitely some parts where like the the druggy dialogue, like with between like Barris and Luckman and uh, Arctor that go on like way too long. Sure. And uh, yeah, parts of the movie were boring, but overall, I liked it. I liked it. It, it holds up. I liked it too. I'm just four, I'm, four woes. I'm still just saying four woes. three woes. I mean, I I liked it too, but it. There's, so you gave Constantine two? I gave Constantine three. two. This is one woe better. This is one woe better. Wow. I, and again, I'm left. <laughs> there's there's aspects of it that I'm, I'm still not satisfied with the way he, he handled the the storytelling. I just Wait, so what is the woe system based just on Keanu Reeves? It's the movie but, but Keanu helps. Keanu helps. Yeah. The movie by Keanu helps. Okay. Yeah. 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 So um, like so I've taken this into consideration and I give it five woes. <laughs> 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 I, I love this movie. Well, that's better movie. than your wife and Constantine because she went with 5,000 <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Constantine. She, she broke the system. God. That's why I said stars this week because Emma broke the system last time. And it's that's all got me cock all fucked up. Cock <laughs> the hemispheres of my oh. brain are fighting. No, to no. be frank, if you came in wanting to do this movie and gave it less than five woes, I'd give you a side eye. Because <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I, I like it. I, I, I like, like it too. everything I too. about it. Um, it. It probably wouldn't make my, my top 10 films, but I could see it creeping into like top 20 films. I I, 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 I went to go rewatch it because I, I genuinely enjoyed it. I think <laughs> I it's a... It's, it's a definitely good, a, movie, it's a good I'll, movie. I'll come back to it. You yeah. know, like it's definitely a movie I'll watch again. It deserved more than it got. Like oh yeah, being that for sure. Was, so let me uh, let me ask you guys this. Yeah. So far, what do you think is Keanu Reeves' most underrated film? 
underrated. Permanent record. Yeah, permanent record. Big time. Oh, like, shit. I haven't seen permanent record. Of course not. Nobody has. That's yeah. why it's underrated. <laughs> that's why yeah, it's the it's most underrated yeah, by most. far. Yeah. But, yeah. but that, I mean, that also means that it's it's really good. Yeah. Right? It's a lot. It's better than well, it has any right to be. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We'll we check it up. Balling. And actually, uh, the on the blog, uh, Copy and Cigarettes, I was yeah. specifically went and looked at that one. Yeah. And they said I, the same thing? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. They were like pretty in line with what we said. Yeah. But beyond that, uh, I think this is, I personally think it's his most underrated. I can, yeah, yeah. you know what? You're right. At this point in his career, especially because he's done a bunch of Mm -hmm. action shit. And then to Mm -hmm. know that he came and did this very cerebral film for, what did you call it? For cost or whatever? Yeah, cost per day. He did it just to do it. He didn't, he he just did it because he wanted to be in a film by Richard Linklater would be my guess. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I yeah okay, I, I'll go with that. Yeah, this is his most underrated big film, I'd say, since he cool. became a star. Because Permanent Record was also before yeah before anything. Bill and before Ted. Him. Yeah, it was before Bill and Ted. Yeah. So, so. Oh, I was gonna say that too. Bill and Ted. But that's not underrated, dude. Everybody. No, no, no. That's no, no, what no, everybody no, thinks no, of. Not, not that <laughs> yeah. it's over uh, underrated at all, but that was a big like Keanu oh, Reeves sure. movie. That oh like, yeah, that's, you that's, know, a, that's a part that's of a my canon. life. That's a canon. That's a canon film. Yeah, probably goes like Speed, Bill and Ted. Yeah. Even though I watched that, you know, I watched that after Speed. But. Okay, well, let me let me ask Uh-oh. you this then. Oh, no, don't do it. Oh, what? <laughs> Go ahead. Wait, uh, Bogus uh, Journey versus... Uh, uh, yeah, where do you fall on Bogus Journey? Versus Excellent Adventure. Dude, I like both of them. Well, which is better? <laughs> One of us is going to kill you, depending on your answer, so just be prepared for that. <laughs> One of us is going to kill you. It's been a little while since I... I, I I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm going to stall... I'm gonna stall. I played the fifth. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna stall. Rewatch both of them. Okay, and I'll come back and I'll say what I, which one I like. Oh my probably. god, that's All amazing. Right. Okay, good. Yeah. You good. owe yes. us. Yeah, you owe us one. Uh, <laughs> well, so what? <laughs> I'll come back. I'll come back and I'll. I'll okay. Uh, I'll tell you which one I. I think he's better. You landed on. All right. Yeah. Great. Uh, this uh, this has been fun. Thanks for uh, yeah. thanks for coming by, Ryan. Yeah. yeah I'm, my I'm, pleasure. This is this was also a surprise. Like I again, I no concept of this movie's existence. So this mm-hmm. was a very good. It's a diamond in the rough for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, and we've had kind of a a, a run of some pretty rough ones. Uh, <laughs> what was three. before Constantine? Uh, I think it was something's got to give. Something's got to give, okay. and then like the two Matrix sequels. We, oh fuck! We, exactly. we hated both of those. And it just, I, so yeah, I'm weird. I I don't mind them. They're not great. Go back and watch them again. Uh, I have. I, I watched oh. the whole trilogy pretty recently, and like Ugh. the first movie is just. It, it really sucks because the first movie is so good. Yeah. What, no. are the, what the fuck are those next movies yes. supposed to do? No, you're, you're, you just encapsulated the 17 hours we spent talking about them right there. I, I was in line with you until I rewatched them before we recorded the podcast for it. Yeah. And when, when I watched it that time, I was like, I hate both these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sequels, yeah, no, sequels. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple parts that are all right. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? What do we got next week? Next week. Uh, we have. <laughs> what? Oh my God! What is it? <laughs> I, frankly, I cannot tell you how excited I am to. Oh shit! This is one of our like touchstone movies. What? It's gonna be 2006's The Lake House. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, can't wait. We're going to be <sighs> seeing uh, Keanu Reeves reunited with uh, Sandy, Sandy B. B. Sandy, Sandy B. B. Sandy Butthole. Uh, <laughs> I knew there was another movie that... How many movies have they been in together? Just two. Just, Just two. Mm-hmm. So that, okay. Speed and The Lake House. Okay. Uh, if you don't know, it's and a... So you're going you're gonna to have my mom as a guest. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're actually having everybody's mom. They should have yeah. got married, those two. <laughs> I, we have a guy. Have you checked in recently? I mean, this person put on put themselves on the list like day one. It's been like nine months waiting to get to this film. Yes. <laughs> There's some guy out there that no, loves it's a woman. The, yeah, yeah, it's she, a woman. Yeah, she, she, she loves like, the lake I house. I want to do the lake house. Perfect. Uh, so we should not. Well, tentatively, we do have a guest yeah. for the lake house. <laughs> it's been so long; it's reasonable that she's moved yes. away or died. I have uh, <laughs> failed to reach out, so I'm planning on reaching out to to make sure. Uh, but luckily, <laughs> is, also- this, is this a, like a is this like a woman in her nineties? No, no. <laughs> I have to make sure that she's still alive. I always put in that. That's a joke. Well, I haven't talked to her in months, so she may have moved away as well, as far as I know. Yeah, I know. Well, with uh, you know, like COVID, COVID and everything, thing, yeah. it, it yeah. kind of leaves stuff a little murky. But mm. uh, the last time I talked to her about it, which was a few months ago, she, she was down. She was enthusiastic about oh, it. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes. Uh, other uh. than that. Um, thank you everybody for listening do all the podcast stuff like with the social medias and stuff like that and the rates and the reviews and uh, check out that blog and that other uh, yeah check out that blog reach out reach out to us there's a little feedback form in our notes for this episode you can tell us what you thought of uh, Scanner Darkly uh, or if, not and keep living your life how you were before <laughs> and if you want to start uh, talking about walking with me oh my god <laughs> please reach out to me <laughs> <laughs> oh, and our, uh, will our Steve Martin one be called like Smartin' about Martin? No, <laughs> not doing that. Well, it's gonna be a couple of two wild and crazy guys. Come on! All right. It's <laughs> uh, a little on the nose, but <laughs> why don't we leave the titling to me? <laughs> uh, well, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Until next time, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes.